Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You are listening to a message from our city campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. It is such a privilege to be here with you uh, this morning. I hope that over the Christmas and New Year period, you've got to spend some great time with family and friends and you're feeling re-energised and refreshed, ready for the year ahead. Do I see some nods? (laughs) It's just another date, isn't it? And sometimes life just keeps on going. Today is a very special day uh, for me. Today, I have survived 29 years of marriage to Jason. (laughs) I shouldn't really say survived, but if you've been married 29 years, you kind of know that that is a bit what it's like. But it's such a privilege to be married to uh, your best friend in all the ups and downs of life. So he's at Redlands Campus today and I'm at City. That's how we we celebrate, um, but we'll do something special later on. I want to encourage us today as we do begin the new year together to consider what habits uh, we form and what habits we need to set to go well into the year ahead. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you that you are indeed near to us. God, I thank you for the privilege that it is to be in community and to come into your presence. God, would you speak to us? Would you whisper into our spirits? Would you encourage us? Would you prompt us? God, I pray that the voice that we hear today is not mine, but yours. As you gently and kindly speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, my grandkids give me great joy. I have two grandkids, if you haven't heard. We have Aurelia, who is three years old, and little Freddie, who is five months old. And uh, they are really cute. But I tell you, they are really exhausting. If you've got grandkids, you'll know what I mean. You want to have all the energy in the world. But at three years old, Aurelia does not stop. She just goes and goes and goes. And a couple of months ago, um, Jason and I were minding her overnight while Caitlin and Brenton uh, went out. And it was so much fun. I love this age. She was discovering new things. She's running around looking at things, getting so excited over the smallest of things. She was laughing constantly, squeezing feeling in excitement, just pure, unfiltered joy and I loved it until she suddenly just stopped. She put her face against the window and just fell asleep standing up (laughs) for about a minute, just stood there. She was exhausted, pure, unfiltered exhaustion. And as I watched Ray with her face up against the window, I actually found myself thinking, I know exactly how you're feeling. You see, this time last year for me, I was actually getting ready to go back to work after an extended period of time off with burnout. And seeing Aurelia like this just brought back all those feelings of exhaustion to me. 
And I realised that uh, when I was experiencing burnout, I felt exactly the same way that she did. I'd been busy doing all of these things. I was constantly on the go, barely stopping. And don't get me wrong, most of the things were great things. They were good things. And I was enjoying seeing how God was using me and growing me in my leadership. It was actually fun and I experienced so much joy until I just stopped. And like Ray, I felt like I couldn't, couldn't go on. I just didn't have the energy left anymore. And when I came back to work uh, in mid-January, I think it was, I actually had to be really intentional in about how I cared for myself, how I put good boundaries in place to create enough margin in my life that I didn't end up there again at the bottom of a cliff that I didn't even know I was going down. It's not always easy, but it's really important to do, and I'm sure many of you understand that. Last year actually ended up being a really good year for me, and I'm really excited about what God has in store for me this year. But sadly for most of us, we've heard this before, but busy's become our new norm. How are you? Oh, I'm busy, but good. We wear it like a badge of honour in our culture. And our busy is mostly good things, But we're living in this fast-paced world, trying to keep up at a million miles an hour, juggling family, work, church, friendships, all the while slowly running out of steam on the inside. And we're tired. We get anxious. Sometimes we're barely hanging in there. And here's the challenge for this morning. The habits that we form matter to who we are. The habits that we form matter to who we are. We can build habits in our life that are helpful, fruitful. They bring purpose to our lives rather than habits that are destructive and only feed anxiety and weariness. I want to read uh, you the well-known story in the New Testament about Mary and Martha. And I've been reflecting a lot on this story over the last 12 months because it challenges me to set priorities and build healthy habits. This morning's message is going to be very practical, so I hope um, that God really speaks to you through it. So Mary and Martha, as you may know, are sisters and they're really good friends of Jesus. And in this story that we're going to read in Luke, chapter 10, Jesus and his disciples are passing through the town and they decide to stop um, at their place for a visit. We pick it up in verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. You know, as Martha hurries to ensure that all the preparations are just right for Jesus' visit, Mary simply sits at Jesus' feet and listens to his teaching. Mary and Martha are two sisters with incredibly different priorities, different focuses, While Mary soaks in the moments with Jesus, Martha can't think past the cooking and the cleaning. And the things that were keeping Martha busy weren't bad things. In fact, they're actually acceptable, expected even. 
See, ancient Rome and, uh, Roman and ancient Jewish cultures generally didn't treat women very well. Educational opportunities were limited and very few women received any kind of religious training. Women were valued for being good wives, keeping the house clean and having children. So it's actually no surprise that Martha's first instinct at Jesus' visit was to make sure that dinner was taken care of. See, being the good hostess and the good cook, the person behind the scenes who makes everything happen is actually what was expected of Martha, what most people valued Martha for. But Martha quickly becomes frustrated that she's doing all the work and Mary's doing nothing. So she goes to Jesus and complains. She says, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I actually hear so much of myself in Martha. You know, the dirty dishes that are left on the bench, even when the dishwasher's empty. Can I hear an amen? Wet towels that are left on the bathroom floor getting stinky and mouldy. <laughs> At times I feel like Martha and I feel ready to snap. Maybe your snapping point has actually nothing to do with the dirty house or dirty dishes left on the bench or the stress of entertaining. But maybe right now, even at the beginning of the year, you're feeling pressures from different aspects of your life. Expectations at work, the pressures to achieve might feel overwhelming. Family life is chaotic, maybe with young children or teenagers. Finances are creating a burden of stress and anxiety. Maybe you're just really tired. Everything feels like hard work. I must admit that like Martha at times, I'm guilty of coming to Jesus and saying, this isn't fair. And like Martha in those moments, I don't always like Jesus' response. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. That kind of hurts. Jesus tells Martha that Mary, who is sitting at his feet, doing nothing to help, just sitting and listening, she's actually doing what's best, even though it's culturally inappropriate. Doesn't Jesus understand the pressure of expectation that is on Martha. Doesn't he realise he won't get dinner if Mary doesn't help? Doesn't Jesus understand the pressure that I'm under? I've got a long to-do list. The boss is putting a lot of pressure on me right now. The, cons- the kids might consume all my day and I'm having trouble getting anything else done. I've just got to keep going. Can't stop. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming keep my head above water. But it seems that Jesus has a far greater understanding of what's happening here than is expressed in these five verses. He speaks straight to the heart of the issue. It says, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. Maybe today you can substitute your name for Martha's. Susan, you're worried and upset about many things. 
See, Martha world can be a little bit like that, full of worry and concern, overwhelmed by life's pressures. I'm not sure how Martha was expecting Jesus to respond, but he doesn't tell Mary to get up and help Martha with all the preparations. Instead, he invites Martha to step out of Martha world and into Mary world for a moment. See, Mary world looks a little different to Martha world. Mary no doubt has her own list of things to do, deadlines to meet, cleaning to do, food to prepare, a dishwasher to load, shirts to iron. But Mary chooses, she chooses something different. Mary sets her priorities differently. And like Mary, we have a choice. See, in Mary world, we're all invited to step away from the busyness of Martha world and step into a place of devotion peace, rest, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Be still and know that I am God. Be still, take a deep breath, tune out everything else and simply focus on him. That's Mary world. And Jesus invites us to visit there often because he knows how good it is for us He knows that to find balance in our busy lives, we need to spend time in Mary world, time being still, sitting at his feet and listening to him. We can't live in Mary world forever, but in Mary world we can be refueled and re-energised, ready to face the pressures of Martha world. We can find ways of taking our Mary heart into our Mary um, world heart into our Martha world. Today I'm going to, as I said, keep it really simple and practical. There are two practical priorities that I want to highlight from this story today. Priority one, quieten the distractions. This story shows us that it's better to listen to Jesus than be distracted by many things. It says, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made and the Lord said, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. If Jesus was in front of you right now, would these be his words to you? You're worried and upset about many things. What would your first first thoughts be to Jesus? Would you first think to get up and make everything perfect for him before You come into his presence or would you simply just choose to sit at his feet and spend time with him? What is your mind's attention on? See, what we give our minds to gets our heart's affection. What we give our minds to gets our heart's affection because our feelings follow our thoughts. Paul says in Colossians, set your mind on things above not on earthly things. When I was younger, I made a habit of learning scripture by heart. And maybe many of you in the room did that as well. And as a teenager, I often struggled with fear. So Isaiah 41.10 became a key scripture that I kept going back to. And I still go back to it often. It says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. It's a great scripture to learn. And a few years back, I was at a conference and we were in the middle of this worship session and I had 
a sudden fear attack, a panic attack about nothing at all. And so I reverted to quoting scripture that I had taught myself to do in these moments. And so in my head while worship is happening, I'm like, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I'm your God. I was trying to set my mind on things above and not the fear that was overwhelming me in that moment. Now, after a few minutes of simply repeating, do not fear for I am with you, God broke through in my thoughts and he whispered to me, I promise. And I was like, Do not fear, for I am with you, I promise. See, as I set my mind on things above and not on the earthly fear, God spoke to me in such a clear promise of his presence with me as I learned to have victory over fear. It didn't happen instantly, unfortunately, But for a season, I actually wrote those words, I promise, and I had them on my cupboard in front of my bed so that every morning when I woke up, they were the first words I saw. Susan, I promise to be with you today. I promise that I am stronger than your fear. I promise that as you put your focus on me and you set your mind on things above, that you will have victory over fear. And over time, fear did lessen its hold on me and I knew a greater strength and certainty in Jesus walking with me. Practice the habit of learning Scripture off by heart. Teach your children to learn Scripture by heart. Set your minds on things above because it will quieten the distractions and help bring you peace. See, Mary cherished the time with Jesus and she gave her entire focus to his presence. When Martha complains to Jesus, he gently reminds her what her focus should be on. And that's a relationship with him. I mean, yes, Martha showed incredible hospitality and Jesus wasn't dismissing this as a bad thing. In fact, later on, Paul and Peter both describe hospitality and service as a spiritual gift. But the problem is that Martha got lost in all the distractions and she missed the fact that at that moment, right there in that moment, practical matters could wait They could pause for something that was so much more important. I mean, Jesus was in the room. What's stealing your attention and causing you to miss out on spending time with Jesus? For the most part, I'm sure they are not bad things and they're probably things at some stage that need your attention. But so often they're the things that get all our attention or the first of our attention. We go to bed thinking about the demands of work and family, the long to-do list that never seems to end. And when we wake, our thoughts are naturally on all those thoughts we've gone to bed with and all the concerns that we've had and the anxiety that we've developed overnight of all the things that we've got to do. I don't know about you, but I can guarantee if I ask around this room, I'd get a number of hands up. But for me, the biggest distraction every single morning is my phone. I don't believe I'm the only one here. But we wake up automatically and we reach for the phone. 
We check our new messages. We check emails. We might read the news feed. We check all the social media because we've got to be up on all the goss and make sure we know exactly what's happening. And before I know it, I'm running late. So I send this quick prayer up to God. I'm saying, thank you that you're with me, even though I haven't spent time with you this morning. And off I go and my day is off to a running start. Yet when we fully grasp the priorities of heaven, our own priorities and habits should change. I mean, our phone should never be our first priority. Matthew says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Seek him first and everything else that you need will be added to you. I mean, what would it look like not to touch the phone in the morning until you've spent time with Jesus? It takes time, takes discipline and practice to change habits, but you can do it. The Apostle Paul compares the need for self-discipline to sport. He says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer just beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it a slave so that, um, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Now, I'm not suggesting you have to punch yourself in order to bring discipline to your spiritual practices. But we understand that if we want to get better at sport or some other skill that we're trying to learn, we have to practice, we have to be disciplined. And Paul says the same is true for our spiritual lives and the habits that we want to develop. For instance, if you're determined that the best time to read your Bible is before you get out of bed in the morning, before all the distractions of the day happens, then it helps to have everything that you need there within easy access, which is what I had to do. Also helps if you teach your husband how to make your coffee and bring it into you at the time. And stopping your itchy fingers from reaching for the phone until you've spent time in God's Word. I actually had to give up reading the Bible on my phone in the morning because I'd be sitting there and trying to get into it. Oh, I'll just check Instagram. Oh, oh, look, there's a notification. I'll go to that and then I'll come back. And I never did. So now I have my paper copy, my reliable paper copy next to my bed. And it is still a discipline and a practice to wake up and choose to read my Bible first thing in the morning. Jesus is extending the same invitation to each of us that he extended to Martha. Get rid of the distractions that so easily take us away from the presence of God and accept the invitation to sit at his feet. I've struggled my whole life to work out what works best for me, feeling like I've got to fit this certain mould of what spending time with Jesus should look like. And it's taken me years to realise that not one thing works for everybody. And it's actually okay. 
We need to find the way that works for us in order to block out the distractions and spend time with God. I encourage you, the beginning of this year, find what works for you and start building healthy habits. Priority two, choose what is better. Jesus said to Martha, Mary has chosen what is better. See, in this statement alone, Jesus is breaking through the cultural barriers of the time. In this culture, education for women happened in the family. Brothers teaching sisters things that they'd learned from school. Fathers passing on bits of religious teaching here and there. Therefore, the idea of a woman sitting at a rabbi's feet to hear his teaching firsthand would have seemed bizarre, even blasphemous. And the fact that Mary dared to do that shows that she hungered for godly teaching and she wasn't afraid to hide it. See, the acceptable thing in her society would have been to serve the guests like Martha was doing and get the gist of Jesus' teaching later on, maybe from their brother Lazarus. But instead, Mary chooses to sit at Jesus' feet and hear the truth directly from him. This is the same Mary who we read about in John chapter 12 who anointed Jesus' feet with expensive perfume. It's another example of Mary's forthright behaviour, someone who doesn't seem to care what others think. The perfume that she poured on Jesus' feet was described as expensive and even the act of anointing somebody's body is a deeply personal thing to do. But Mary cared more about showing her devotion to Jesus, even when it looked excessive and scandalous, than she did about public opinion. It's time to stop rushing and worrying in Martha world and take a seat in Mary world to care less about what others think and care more about your devotion to God. I like that word that Hannah had for Bronte this morning. It's the same thing, caring less about what others think and others' opinion and more about your devotion to God and having the courage to speak those words as God puts them on your heart. See, when we set aside time each day to come before the Lord in prayer and in reading His Word, He actually offers us peace in the middle of chaos and worries he offers us wisdom to know what steps to take. He sustains us through our challenges and he fills us with joy in every season. I wonder if you're feeling tired before the year's even begun. I am a little. We had our granddaughter sleeping in our room last night. That's enough to wake up feeling tired. But is anxiety overwhelming you? Are the burdens of life feeling too heavy to carry right now? You know, we live at this pace that God never intended us to live at. And Jesus is inviting us to come and sit at his feet, to learn from him, to choose what is better. His grace is sufficient for each and every one of us. His mercies are new every morning. What do you need to do to be able to step out of Martha world for a moment? and into Mary world? What habits do you need to form? You know, I've discovered that I really like changing things up. 
What works for me one month might not work the next month and that's okay. But I've actually got to be intentional about keep finding new ways, fresh ways to connect with God. Sometimes I'm intent on reading scripture and journaling what God is saying to me. Other times I just listen to worship music for hours on end. I really love um, my honey and gold journals. Some of you might know these. These were developed by Jordan Barashev, who is in our Redlands campus. I'll tell you, I've done lots of journaling, lots of different ways. These are the best journals I have ever used to help me unpack the Word of God. Why? She calls them 10-minute journals. I never spend only 10 minutes. But it's just so simple. It's achievable. There's a verse of the day. There's what I'm thankful for, what I'm praying for. But there's just one page to reflect on what God is saying to me. I need that because otherwise I go on for days and it takes too long. So then I don't pick it up the next day. But here's a little bit of an example. What I do is I, I tend to pick a book of the Bible. I told you I'm getting really practical here. I pick a book of the Bible, I read through a whole chapter until a verse stands out to me. I just ask God to speak to me through it. I write that verse and my verse of the day and then I reflect on that verse. Uh, This particular journal, I was going through Acts, Acts chapter 3, verse 6 and verse 12 says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Walk. We know that story. Then he goes on later, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us if by our own pa- as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? These are my reflections on those verses. I love the boldness that Peter has of the power of the Spirit at work within him. I want more of that. A boldness to confidently speak the word of God. There's a theme there, I didn't even know. Um, To speak healing into people's lives and see them praise God for all that he has done. God, I pray that you would grow in me an even deeper discernment. I pray that I would be more in tune with the whispers of your spirit. I pray for an even greater boldness to speak them out, to pray for people, to declare your truths and have certainty that you will act. God, I long to see more people come into a transforming revelation of who you are. Guide me and use me, I pray. See, mine often start as a reflection on the scripture and end up in a prayer. How does that relate to me? I really highly recommend it. That looks a bit girly, but there is some more male-looking ones that, guys, you can um, get into. I love it. I love it. And being a verbal processor, I love spending time in God's presence with other people. And life groups are a fantastic way for us to be able to do that as we gather with other people in someone's home, unpacking God's word together, learning, praying together. I love it. If you're not in a life group, the beginning of the year is a great time to join one. They're so important, not just for our personal growth, But we actually get to spur one another on. We get to love and support each other no matter what the season that we're walking through. And if you want to join a life group, you can scan the QR code. You can talk to the welcome team afterwards. I really recommend that you consider that as a a spiritual practice, as a habit to start for this year ahead. Last year, I got in the habit of listening to the Bible app in one year with Nikki Gumbel um, on my way to work in the car. And I worked out that if I listened to it at 1.25, any faster than that, Nikki Gumbel just sounds terrible because he speaks fast anyway. Um, But I've worked out I can go from home to church and listen to a whole day's 
reading. And I loved it so much, I've started again for this year. It's like hearing all the stories and the scriptures that I heard before, but hearing them in new ways and discovering new things. I may have skipped a little through Leviticus and Numbers or tuned out a little bit, but I have found a renewed passion for the Word of God by listening to it. I want to encourage you to find your ways that you connect best with God and go there often. Don't feel guilty if you've got to keep changing it up. Whether it's in solitude, whether it's in worship, whether it's sitting in nature, whether it's the people that you gather with to spur one another on, go there often to be blessed, to be refueled and ready to face what's next. You might have to get creative to find your merry moments, especially if you have young kids at home. But don't give up because Jesus invites us into this space because he knows that it's the better way for us to sit at his feet, to find rest for our busy and our anxious, weary souls, to learn from him, to lighten our load. And can I encourage you, If you're sitting here thinking, I'm not anxious, I'm okay, still get these habits in place for the year ahead so that that continues to be your story. Matthew 11 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Many of you would probably know that a yoke is like a wooden beam that's stretched over two animals to help lighten the load, a pair of oxen or donkey or something, so that they pull together. They share the load. They lighten the load with each other. And Jesus is inviting us to take up the yoke that he's designed especially for us to carry And it's often in our darkest moments that we realise that Jesus is carrying the load with us. The challenges don't necessarily change, but we discover that the load is lighter and Jesus is helping us. We're not alone. Now, Jesus invites us to take up this yoke. And I know that for me, in some of my darkest moments when I have felt weary and burdened, there's been a few of those over the last 12 months. But I've discovered in those times God's gentleness, his kindness and his faithfulness. I know there are seasons in our lives where the load that God asks us to carry feels heavier than others. Maybe illness for you personally or illness for someone in the family, the death of a loved one, challenges that we face as a family, injustice, natural disasters, things outside of our control, even the burden of prayer that God might put on our heart for what's happening around the world. The world is in turmoil. But Jesus wants to gently restore our souls and teach us to walk in a new way, a slower way. For me, I'm learning to carry the yoke that God has made for me. And sometimes I just want to rush ahead. I get impatient or I think my way is better. I often pick up things that I shouldn't pick up. And sometimes I'm trying in my own strength and my own wisdom. But I'm slowly learning as I keep practising. Jesus invites us to keep coming to him. 
to allow him to keep helping to carry our burdens. I'm going to invite the team up. I have a really simple invitation for you this morning. It's a lot of things in there and I hope that God has been speaking to you and maybe there's just little prompts in your mind about how you or some of the habits that you can put into place for this year ahead. But right now the team are going to sing over us and I want to invite you in this moment to take a step out of Martha world and into Mary world, to take a moment just to quieten your heart before the Lord, come into his presence Allow his spirit to minister to you, to speak to you in the quietness and the stillness. It's a gift that we have right now. Let me pray. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Come and minister to our hearts. Would you speak to us? Would you give us ears to hear? what you're saying to us this morning. God, I thank you for your gentleness. Thank you for your kindness. You never speak to us in a condemning voice. You never bring guilt or fear. Yours is a voice of love, of power, of sound mind. And we invite you. Invite you to speak your truths to us right now. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.